there was a moment as a child where I watched the Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan join forces in this powerful handshake moment where they became no longer just the Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, but the mega powers. And so, friends, on this episode of On Grace, I give to you the Macho Man Wendell <laughs> Vandy Savage. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> and, That's the best I can do. <laughs> and Hunter Mania, <laughs> Wayne... Hunter Hogan. That's a stretch. Rip your t-shirt off. In a thousand ways, right. You yep. really need to rip your t-shirt off. Yeah, I need to. That's true. Right. Where's the Fu Manchu? <laughs> I'm Wendell. The, Just regular Wendell. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Wayne's shirt is still on. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to go there. Okay. Well, um, we are going to talk a little bit uh, today, I think, about what we do when... When grace is that presence that we have with people and that uh, being part of what uh, what God is doing in the moments that we're with them and then calling forth from them what we see God doing, that, that that experience of grace, what do we do when we don't see results or it doesn't work uh, in the other person's life when we don't see a difference? Uh, how do we respond to that? Do we, do we stop being gracious? Do we abandon the project or or is that kind of uh, experience and that kind of life is it our lifestyle is it who we become and who we are so that we really don't have that cho- that choice to make it's not something that we sit down and we uh, we count the investment is my investment in this person is grace an investment or is it simply uh, who we are as the children of God who is like that um, I'm going to take the other side just for fun to uh, say what some would think and what I thought for years. I always applied several of the things Jesus said to this question. One was, don't cast your pearls before swine. The idea that you you want to show grace to people and they completely see it as something else. You're right. to them. You're just enabling their bad behavior, right? To them, yeah. Or the idea when Jesus told the disciples when he sent them out two by two, you know, if they reject you, shake the dust off your feet, and just leave. Those were my handy dandy answers to that question, yeah, for years, because it gave me an out, right? It gave me an out because to me, grace was my. Well, it was a commodity, which we talked about yeah, last year. Early on, right? Yeah. It was, it was it was a commodity, and I only have so much of that commodity to share with you. And if you're going to trash it, I'm not going to waste it on you. Yeah. But that that's just, and that's kind of how I saw God. Yeah. That God, after a while, he's like, no, I'm not going to, you know. Yeah. Because there are some instances in the Old Testament where it looks like he's doing that, which I'm sure that's the way they saw it, but. Yeah. When Jesus shows up, that's not. Yeah, that's not what you see. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that I think there was this for for me too. It was like this was a method of ministry. It was one of the tools that 
I used, hopefully to impact people. If it didn't work, there were other tools yeah. I could use. Can I give a timeout real quick? Yeah. You and I came up the same way, faced with a setting where most of our colleagues were hellfire and damnation, which some people don't not even know what that means anymore. Yeah. But they were like, I want to dangle my congregation over the fires of hell with a thread yeah. and scare them to death right? and get them to do what I want. So you and I saw the other way. Let's tell them about mercy and grace. Right. But we still did it as a method. Right. Yeah. So That's a go good point. Yeah. Good point. And, and so, um, and at that time, and, and still to some degree, I think there's a lot of this uh, pragmatism that leaches over into our faith mm-hmm. that that if we're doing it right we will see results that if we do ministry correctly people will respond and we'll see differences in their lives uh that kind of um productive efficient mm-hmm. that's part of our society has crept into our faith as well i think and we kind of judge god the same way you know if he's not producing results in our lives then in, either he's doing something wrong or we're doing something wrong, when when maybe it is uh, about something different, not about pragmatism or productivity, but it is about this presence that uh, that does impact people, and when we continue to trust that. So my and we've talked about this a little bit before. Nobody is my project. Yeah, people are people. Yeah, and I love them and extend grace to them practice grace with them and watch for what God's doing and I don't have an agenda in those moments as much the only agenda is to be part of what God is already doing yeah. not not create it but be part of it there, it's 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 weird how in the old testament there was very much a cause and effect principle in right you know if you do these things then I'll bless you yeah every goat will have twins every you know right your crops will be Right. Two foot taller than your neighbors, whatever. It will rain more on you. Da, 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 da. You'll have more kids and probably more sons. Yeah. You know, that was the Old Testament approach to things. But in the New Testament, it's just not right there at all. I mean, you're just hard-pressed to find it. And yet Christianity really has insisted on almost increasing its grip on this cause effect. It's, mm-hmm. it's as uh, predictable as gravity. Yeah. You know? You right. keep God's principles of Scripture, and you will have a happy family. Yeah, you know, right. well-behaved kids, and you know, we even define God's faithfulness that way. If I do this thing, God is faithful; He will keep His promise; He will bless me. When and we carefully define what those blessings right. look like. Yeah, yeah, they look like the kind of things we want. Right, <laughs> not so, anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> How's that work? Yeah, right. She can make a shopping list and just hand it over. Right, yeah. This is what you promised me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but 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 what we find in Jesus is God's faithfulness is his relentless love and pursuit of us. Yeah. That he has promised us that he will never forsake us, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus, that it is not his will that any should perish. He is faithful yeah. to who he is. I think you said this earlier. It's not that he's faithful to a promise or a contract or a paragraph in Scripture as he is faithful to who he is yeah. in relation to us. We said this, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. 
but it really is a is a, a, a something in scripture I never saw before. But when you read the New Testament, the writers never write about all the people Jesus just walked by. Yeah. Or just talked to, who stayed crippled, stayed blind, stayed deaf, right. whatever. There had to be. They only reported the times when lives were radically transformed. And 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 when I thought about that a long time ago, I thought, well, duh, why, why wouldn't they? But then, then you get to the Last Supper, and Jesus says, okay, I've been hanging with you 12 all this time. You may be, not be deaf or blind or lame, yeah. but you're a denier, you're a betrayer, you're a doubter. I mean, right. he called them yeah. out. I could have I could have wiggled my nose and zapped that any time in the, right. over these past three years, but I didn't. Yeah. And then you have to ask the question. Yeah. So what does that say about grace? Right. Which it, to me it says what we've been saying that Jesus believed in the power of His presence more than the wiggle of His nose. Yeah. This, right. This is what's really. Yeah. And in the long run, it's it really is what kept him. Yeah. And I've always think about. On the day of Pentecost, you know, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, and Peter uh, talks about Jesus, and was it 5,000 or 3,000 people yeah. are converted? And we don't have a single name of one of those people. None of them are named. Uh, we don't know what state they were at, where, what their relationship, our understanding of who Jesus was, none of that stuff. But what we have is this really profound presence of God in their lives. Yeah. And, that, and that was what God trusted yeah. It wasn't that they had a good background, not that they were all upright people. You know, you figure in that many people, there's a lot of really screwed up folks. Yeah. Uh, but they were all included because God became present to them. Yeah. Uh, and they changed the world. Yeah. Well, and and, and the, just, pr- just prior to that, the... Uh, Luke, the writer of Acts, talks about them being in the... And they were all present with each other. Mm-hmm. So there, there's this communal presence, and then yeah. there's this divine presence that right. enters into that. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, they weren't up there trying to change each other. Right. Well, we're not told what they were doing. Right. At that point, they were probably just like, what in the heck yeah, are you doing up right. here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it Luke or maybe it's John? Uh, anyway, in one of those upper room passages, it says... Some of them really weren't sure what was going on. Mm-hmm. Some of them were just still afraid, but he poured out the Holy, he gave the Holy Spirit to them anyway. Yeah, yeah. They didn't, they didn't grasp it yet. They didn't know, but he, he believed in his presence with them. Yeah. Uh, that that would make the difference. What are you thinking, JB? Well, I'm just soaking in this knowledge. <laughs> I know better than that. <laughs> uh, my question is if I'm listening, is there ever a point at which uh, you end a relationship, or you or you do, you do move on? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I, I definitely hear you say, like, "Well, the power of presence and the power of patience and the power of perseverance." Ooh, uh, three P's. Yeah, that's right. That's He's, on power. Uh, He's on a roll. He's on a roll. But but is there a moment where you where you need to move on and That's how do you know profound. when that when that, yeah. I, <laughs> is there a moment when you need to move on and how do you know when that moment is? 
I think there are, there are relationships that become unsafe when are become codependent yeah. or unhealthy. Yeah. Where where you're not um you're not being part of what God's doing in their life. You've become a distraction or a deter. And it may not even be your fault. Right. It yeah. just may be that your very presence is more than they can bear. Yeah. And they and they're you yeah. make them angry or you make them nervous or you make them um right. you push their buttons and you're not even trying to. Right. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it could be that they just they um simply reject your your life. That that's not you know for whatever reason they can't accept that as what as God's presence with them. And so and so in those places I think that there are I think there are times and there are uh relationships that do need to end because they become unhealthy. Yeah. I would I would certainly say is there may be some I mean I don't want to be sexist here but if there are some wives who are listening or women who are listening who are in a, an abusive relationship where they the male part, half of the relationship is being abusive it could go the other way but I'm talking physically abusive so it usually goes male to female that no right you don't sit there and say well I'll just keep gracing them right until they yeah. that's just so silly yeah that's an enabling them to avoid yeah. what God wants to do in their life, right? Not helping them participate in it. Yeah, and and there's a I, maybe we need to do a whole podcast on this, but to me there is a fine line. Sometimes, a lot of times it's obvious, but sometimes there's such a fine line between gracing somebody and enabling them. Right. That's true. It just yeah. gets so complicated yep. that you're just your head is spinning and you're thinking, I know what I feel in my heart. I know who I am now in Christ. But I be that yeah. dumb. I don't know what to do. It what is confusing, next, right? I don't know yeah. what I should right. say or do. Yeah, that's true. You're talking about when you're in a situation and you've you're, you're talking about somebody who's in a situation and is feeling that way. Yeah, 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 and and. There's no easy answer. Right. You, right. you you're you continue to explore the possibilities of grace, but you're you go from overdrive way back to first gear and you just you know, yeah. you've got your caution lights on and you're just kinda right. easing along. I don't think you give up I really don't think you give up on anybody. Right. But you change the definition of your relationship with some people. Mm-hmm. I, I, you cannot make me unlove you. You know, you've beat me up 50 times. You cannot make me unlove you, but now I'm going to love you from a geographical distance. Right. You're, I'm going to be out of arm's length. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that's physical abuse. Sometimes it can be emotional abuse. And sometimes it can just be the fact that, that this has become a co on their part uh, yeah. or on yours has become a codependent relationship, which is not which is not participating in what God is doing, but is, but like I said, becomes a distraction from it or a substitute for it. It's just spending time together without that awareness of God's presence or our expectation for it. There's something to be said for relational vacations too. Yeah. You know, hey, have a, right. let's just take a break. Right. I mean, there's something to be said for that. In middle school, a lot of girls wanted to take a <laughs> relational vacation from 
from me. <laughs> With you or from you? From me. No. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we're still on, you know. The, <laughs> the hiatus. <laughs> That's uh, great. Just want to take a sabbatical yeah, for a yeah. little while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Jason Free sabbatical. <laughs> Well, I've been told that I look better from a distance, yeah, there so you go. Yeah. maybe it works. Your jokes are funnier from they, a distance. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, I can just barely hear them. Yeah, right. if I do, yeah. Especially the punchline. I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> that's right. Thank uh, goodness. I think it's 100% possible for your brokenness to come up against somebody else's brokenness in a way that you can't necessarily explain. Uh, just like you can have positive chemistry mm-hmm. with somebody, you yeah. can right. have yeah. negative yeah. chemistry right. with somebody. Yeah. That's true. And I don't think that's an excuse, you know, to be abusive. Or well, it's not one you would look for. Right. right. Yeah. But right. it's there. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah. good point. And, you know, for whatever, for whatever reason, like you just, you just, you just trigger each other. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. Uh, it's coming up on my 45th high school reunion. And, and, all of a sudden, I'm on the the website with all these Jesmond County grads. I forgot who they were. And then I started thinking about who they were, and I thought, I don't know that I liked them back then, but you know what? I bet I would now. Yeah. You just yeah. Some, just let water go under the bridge. Right. And, and you might find that some of these people would become your very best friends. You, yeah. Give grace a chance to do its work without you in the picture for a while. Yeah. Then see what happens. Right. So before we go, are you going to go back to your, are you going to go to the reunion? I'm seriously considering it. There's it, some people I really want to Is see. it in Jessamine County? They want to take a tour of the high school, which is West Jessamine now, because yep. they got two high schools, but it was Main Jessamine then. And then I think that we're going to go to a football game maybe, which I never went to a single football <laughs> game in my high school years. But I think it would be fun. I've got one friend who was my friend from fifth grade all the way through graduation, and I'm going to put my finger in his back and say, dude, if you go, I'll go. That'd be cool. And, and so I'll, I'll be guaranteed to have somebody to hang out with. <laughs> uh, he could play Jimi Hendrix on the guitar. He was in my rock band. He oh, he was such a guitar player. And he just quit. Huh. So, yeah. but we've played together in the last 10 years, a time or two. Hey, this that's not for the podcast, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to keep going on this rabbit hole. What, what was the name of your rock band? Color me sky. Not like, not color me bad. That's a different. Color me sky. (laughs) Color me sky. Yeah. S-K-Y. Yeah. And did you do covers or did you do original songs? All covers. All Hendrix, Zeppelin, uh, maybe a little Beatles. And what was the, like if an an agent showed up. Like, Foxy lady. Foxy lady. Well, either that or purple haze. One of those two. And a close third would be a whole lot of love by Zeppelin. So, Wendell influences band evidently because he's a huge Zeppelin fan. <laughs> we had a bass player who wouldn't quit. I mean, he was awesome. And I and back then I played drums, so it was just a three piece band, and it drove my parents. Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been with Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen. The three of us serve together at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky. <laughs>